0: Uh, I want to continue this morning as we're looking at Psalm 119. But let's enter in prayer to the Lord first. Father, I come to you this morning and I ask you, Lord, for your guidance and for your help. I pray over this word that I'm going to preach today. And I pray, Father, that you would use my body as a vessel to bring your word, Father, to these people. Father, I also pray, Father, that you prepare my brother and sister's hearts... Uh, to receive the Word with gladness and with joy and with meekness of heart. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah. Um, The Lord is so good all the time. And it's so wonderful that His Word will stay. You know, His Word is outliving all of us. And so we find in, in the book of Psalm. And it is so powerful to us. Psalm 119 today, I want to talk to you about From Darkness to Light. We are living in a dark world, aren't we? We need to move from darkness to light. Now, before we go into that, I was pondering and meditating on the Scripture this morning again as I, as I pray for the Lord to, to bring us a message which is revel- relevant. And we all know that the light has already come into the world. Who knows that? What is His name? Jesus. Jesus. So the light is already coming to a dark world. In John chapter 1 verse 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word. Now in my Bible, the Word there is with a capital letter. It is the word Logos, which means it's the written word, if you want to look at it at Greek. But the word that he mentions there that he points towards is Jesus Christ. And it says that He was, the Word was in the beginning, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And may I say, He is still God. He's still God in my life. The same was from the beginning with God. So today, as we look at what the world tells us what's going on, the world wants to give us direction, but we see the dark clouds gathering on the horizon, we know that the great light has already entered into the world. So if I talk about from darkness to light, Everybody who's sitting here today should have seen the light already. That light is Jesus Christ. It says there in verse 4, In Him was life. Everybody say life. And in the life was the light. Everybody say light. Of all men. So if you sit here today still in darkness, I've got good news for you. You need to see the light. And that light is Jesus Christ. And He will shine, once He comes into your life, He will shine His light into your life. And it will bring everything, everything into the open. So, but when we talk about light and we go to the book or to the Psalms as we've studied over the last few weeks, we see that here in this particular passage, as we're going to look in Psalm 119 verse 105, a well-known passage, We see here that the Word of God is also seen as light. Again, it is the Logos, the written word. What you've got in your hands is the Logos. It's written. It is written for you and for me. It is written to give direction. Now for some people it stays Logos, but then there's another word in Greek which explains the word, and that's the word Rima. And the word Rima is the spoken word. So it's logos, written word, and rima, the spoken word. And Jesus Christ used these two words in in John chapter 17 inadvertently. It uses those two if you want to go and study that. So today, from darkness into light. And you know the theme that we've got for the last few weeks delighting ourselves in the word of God and meditating in it day and night. You can't go wrong. Delighting yourself in the word of God. Have you delighted yourself? in the Word of God this last week, have you? Have you delighted yourself? Have you poured everything into the Word of God? Because let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the more you study the Word of God, the more you learn about God, and the more you learn about yourself. Yourself. Because in James it says that this book, this Bible, the Holy Scriptures, is a mirror. It's a mirror. And what do you see when you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror? You see a reflection of yourself. But there's a difference in this mirror. Once you open it up and you look into this mirror and you read the pages of this mirror, you see the reflection of whom? Of Jesus. And the more you see the reflection of Jesus, you start seeing yourself through the eyes of Jesus and He starts cleaning you up. He starts changing you from the inside out. So we're delighting ourselves in the Word of God and meditating in it day and night. So we're looking at Psalm 119, verse 105. The Word says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Each one of us should use the Word of God personally. You should use the Word of God personally. It was written for you personally. There's a threefold application of the Word of God. It was written for the people in their day. It's got a local application. So when these words were written by the psalmist, there were people living like you and me in the day. And they needed to have encouragement from God. And God visited the psalmist. And God spoke to the psalmist. And He wrote these things down, which becomes the Word to us. But it's, a, it's got a local application. When... When in the New Testament Paul writes, when Peter writes, he wrote it for people like you and me who were sitting in churches. When the first century church fathers took these very same scriptures and started preaching and reading it to their fellowship, it was people like you and me They had the same struggles that you and I have. They may not have had Apple iPhones and iPads and social media and TikTok and all of these things, but believe you me, the the enemy's attack on them was exactly the same. So it is a local application, but then also there's a prophetic application of the Word of God. That means that the Word of God was written for the churches today. You open up in Revelation, you find the churches. You you go after the establishment of the church by God on the day of Pentecost, and you see all of the scriptures were written for the churches of today. It is a prophetic application, but then it's also a personal application. In other words, the Word of God should be taken personally. I read every day this morning when I open up the Word yesterday. I, I showed you last week how I apply the Word of God to my life. I read my name into the Word. Now, I'm not putting myself there. Christ is the center of this Bible. But when I read it, it's as if He's speaking to me directly. Are you reading the Word like that? He thinks about you. He's got you on His mind. He wrote this love letter for you. Yes, collectively for the church. Yes, we learn all about it. But as I'm preaching this word out today, the word will have a different effect on you than it's got an effect on the person next to you. The secrets of your heart will be exposed by the Holy Spirit by the preaching of the word differently from the person next to you. But it's the same word. It is so wonderful. And when God looks, it's not like you and I. Look, let me just tell you, brothers and sisters, our our brain, our mental faculty is so small into the bigness and the vastness of God. We cannot outthink, outrun, out out anything God. He's God and God alone. And He's wonderful, He's omnipotent, He's omniscient, and He is just a a magnificent God. Come on, can you give the Lord a hand this morning? Amen. (laughs) So we should use the Word of God personally, but also practically. It is not. Listen, this is not a book which is written for all professors in the university to reason out, although they try to. It's a practical application. We need to apply it to our lives practically. And then not only that, we also need to do it habitually. We need to, we need to come into a habit where the Word of God is part of your daily life. If you want to have a habit... Have this habit of delighting yourself in the Word of God and meditating in it day and night. And let me tell you, if you do that, your life will be healthy. Your problems will be solved by the Word of God. He's got the answers to every single thing in life. And as we make our way through this dark and challenging world, this becomes more and more an emphasis that we need to take the Word of God as a lamp for your feet and a light for your path. We need both of those things in your life as I'm going to show you today. It is only, like I said in Psalm 14 verse 1, the fool who says there is no God. But I want to not change the word, I will never go to that extent, but I want to add to that today, it would be a fool who turns his back on the word of God as a direction in his life. And unfortunately, unfortunately we find in our day, so many churches who depart from the word of God after other fallacies. And they are wasting people's lives and they, and they cost... Listen to me. They are wasting their souls and they themselves will stand before the throne of God and give an account of every single word that they said and they didn't use the Word of God. Less, um, less about me and more about Him. Is that you? And this is the Word of God. You see, we need both. The light and we need the Lamb. Because the light and the Lamb, it will shine more light on God and more light on ourselves. The more you study it, the more you see God. It, it will show you things that you need to know. You need to know these things. It shows us what is wrong and what is dangerous in life. It tells a young man to be careful of things in life. And I'm still a young man. And you are still, still a young man and woman, but it, it tells us what is dangerous. It tells us what look out for and what not to do. The problem with us is that we do the things we are not to do and we don't do the things we ought to do and we find ourselves in a, in a problem spot and then we blame God. But He's there all the time instructing us, telling us, showing us exactly the way we should go. He directs us in our workplace and He directs us in our walk of life. Every single thing you do, if you, if you fashion it around the word of God, the decisions that you make, my friend, the decisions you make today will have a consequence on the outcomes in the future. And this is why a lot of people sit today in places that they are unhappy with. They are desperately, they are desperately unhappy with the situation and they cry out, God, change my situation. But they don't look at the, 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 the lot of decisions they made out of just sheer emotions and never come to God and ask Him to direct footsteps. Thus I don't ask you, thus I tell you, because I've seen it, in my own life and in others' lives. Where are you this morning with the Word of God? You see, it's so easy to shake your heads and say, we are delighting ourselves in His Word and we are meditating in it, but only you and God will know. And this is it, brothers and sisters. It will show us in our workplace, in our walk of life, in your walk with your friends, in your conversations, in, in raising your children up. It gives us hope and it gives us directions in dark seasons. Who can say amen to that? Who can shout hallelujah to that? Who, who, who can know that the Bible says to you that if you come into a troublesome time that God is already waiting for you there? And here you come troubling on with all of your things, and He's already waiting there for you. The Bible says, "Be silent, for He will answer at His time." That's not the scripture directly. I just paraphrase that. But Isaiah chapter sixty-four, verse verse four or verse eleven. He will operate on those who wait upon Him. But that's what it is. It's the Word of God. It's the lamp and the light. And it is so powerful. Do do you want to know how powerful is this Word of God? I'm not interested in what clever men said upon the face of this earth. I'm interested in what the living God is saying. Because His Word is powerful. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, For the Word of God is living. Everybody say living. The Word there is quick. The Word of God is quick. That's what it means. It's alive. It's It's a living organism. You know the word there in Greek for living is the word energesis. It means energy. Hallelujah, my sister. Amen. You said it. It's energy, my sister. It is the Spirit of God who works through His Word that gives you energy for your everyday life. Amen. It is powerful. It is powerful. It says there it is living and powerful. The power of God is in His Word. Listen to me. The power of God is in His Word, through the Holy Spirit who opens it up to you. I've got people, they say to me, I've read through the Bible and I can't see it. And I say to them, no, you haven't read through the Bible. You're just saying you have read through the Bible. Because if you read through the Bible, the God of the Bible will not let you go. Start from the first word and end at the last one. Revelation chapter 20 verse 21. Stop there and then we talk. Then we talk. Because that power of God will come through into you if you start reading His Word. Again, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you that. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, it's interesting when you start looking into the Greek. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. You see the word sword there? The Bible is talking a lot about sword in the English, isn't it, in the translation. Because I read in the book of Revelation chapter 19 that Jesus comes on a white horse and what comes out of His mouth? Anyone? A sword. <laughs> have, you, have you ever looked at the words there for sword? Have you ever looked into that in Greek? Because we've got a poor translation. We want to go to the originals. In, the, in, in Revelation chapter 19, when he talks about that sword, he uses the word romphia. Romphia sword. You want to know what a romphia sword is? It is like a saber. It's like one of these big swords. I've, I've got at my house the, um, the last samurai sword set. And these are big swords, okay? The last summary. You know these summarized? These from, from I've got them, Dennis. You can come on there and see them. They are blunt. I won't cut off your hand, brother. <laughs> but these are on fire swords. It's a battle sword. That's the word that's used there in Revelation chapter 19. And this is what Jesus is going to come back. You see what's happening in Israel? <laughs> I've got news for them. Jesus is coming with His on fire sword. They are fighting Israel. They ain't seen nothing yet. He's coming. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. <laughs> I got you, <laughs> but he's coming soon. And you know what? The word there is is on fire. It's a massive sword for battle. But why do I say that, brothers and sisters? The word year is not. The word year is Makaira sword. The word year that he uses is Makaira. You know what Makaira is? It's a smaller one. And why do I bring this out? Because he's not coming to battle the church, those blood-washed children of God, but he uses the small one to cut diligently in your life. You see, we are cut by the heart. We are circumcised by the heart. With what? With the Makaira sword. Hallelujah! This is why the Word is so wonderful. This is why I've been preaching about the Word for the last how many weeks? This is why, for if you go, go and listen online. How many times in this church have we stood on the power of the Word of God and the God of that Word? He says that it's a two-edged sword, piercing, even to the division of soul and spirit. Man, that's, that must be a very sharp sword. But it's a spiritual sword now. Have you actually seen what's happening here? He's comparing that physical sword to a spiritual sword. The vision between a soul and a c- If you can go to a surgeon this morning and you ask a surgeon and say, can you please put me in the operating table and cut me, uh, between my soul and my spirit? I don't like the spirit anymore. The spirit here is troubling me. I, go and find any surgeon in this world and said He's going to go, you are crazy. What? But please... I'm feeling this burden of sin upon my life, and that's because of my spirit impacting my soul. But cut, take, please, and take your sharp, scalpel and cut between my soul and my spirit. Take my, can he do that? It's a spiritual thing here now because he changes now, okay? And now he says between joints and marrow. Wow! Between a joint and a marrow. This, this takes for a very particular, meticulous operation, isn't it? And and let me tell you, listen to me, there's only one surgeon that I could find that can do that operation. Do you know his name? Say it again. Say it again. It's Jesus! Hallelujah! He's the only one who can do that operation. No man! And He says here, between bone and marrow, and look at this now, He's the discerner of the thoughts, yes, and of the intents of the heart. If you were here a couple of weeks and months ago, when we went through guarding your heart, you would remember that we looked at how man was put together, body, soul, and spirit, and what influences the soul? The heart. Is that right? You remember that sermons? Come on, brother Aaron. You always remember the people about the sermons. What influences your soul? The contents of the heart. What did Jesus say? It's not what goes into the body that defiles the body, but what? And here we go. So this is why I am so, so, and and especially, listen to me, especially in these days when you see what's going on in Israel and Russia and in America and you see prophecies coming to fulfillment, especially now you should run to the Word of God because therein lies the answers. Because there you will find my wonderful Jesus. Now, the word here for lamp comes from the word luchnosch. Lichnos. And this is what it looked like back in the day. If, if uh, in these times, back in the Old Testament, if they were talking about Lichnos in the Hebrew language or language they've spoken about, the people would have this in their mind. You put their oil in on this side and you will have on that side the candle keep on burning. And this is such a beautiful picture for me. Why? Because if you stop putting oil in on this side, what happens on that side? The light goes out. The light goes out. It's so beautiful, isn't it? Wow. You know, somebody said to me, the Bible, what is, what is so special about, I shouldn't stand there. What is so special about the Bible? Hey, What is so special? It is like poetry, but it is more than poetry. It is so correct. Brothers and sisters, if you're going to stop reading and delighting yourself in the Word of God. I've had a man come to me once. He says, man, the time for reading the Word of God is over. I say, yeah, it was in this church. In the beginning, we are here now for eight years. He came here for a short while and he's no more. I didn't do anything to him when I say he was no more. <laughs> he's still alive. <laughs> but he came and he said to me, no, no, we need to now soak in the Spirit. So I go, explain. He goes, now I'm going to lie in my bed. And then I say, come, Spirit, soak over me. And the first or second thoughts that come over you, that's God speaking with me. I said, you are deceived, number one, and you're on a dangerous, slippy slope. Soak over me. The do- neighbor's dog is such a noiseful dog. Soak over me. Kill the dog. <laughs> I know it's drastic, but that's what can happen. I've seen it. We laugh about it. You have people who, who, who follow people who say, What's that, Lord? Sister, the Lord just told me, you've got people. That's exactly the same example. Each one of those people will give an account before God what they've done. It's not for me. I just want to preach the Word. And here it is. It is a light. It comes out and it's a light that shines. You see, the word here for lamb to my feet means that it focuses around me. Have you seen this picture? When I put the lamp on, I can see the things here around me. He shines the light on my surrounding. It shines where I need to put my next foot down. I don't know about you, but if I'm sitting there on a camp, and Dennis, you guys would love this at night, and you're in a campsite and it's pitch dark at night and you hear some sting on the ground and you go, oh, that's a tiger snake or something. I better see what's going on. You're not going like this and say, where is that sound? Where is, maybe it's a tiger snake. No, no. You put up a light and what does the light do? It gives you light around your feet so that you can see what's going on around your feet. More people in the church even need to see what's going on in their lives and they need the light of Christ to shine into their lives. Not ask, your, not ask advice from people who are clueless. Not letting the blind lead the blind, but coming to the one who is the light of the world and direct your path. You see, the path we walk, this is what He says. He gives me, he gives me a lamp to my feet so that I can see around me and then He gives me a light. A light shines a little bit further down. The light is t- for my path. And the word here, that's the uh, explanation for the word here for path in Hebrew is nafdeep, which means it's a trotted or a beaten track. This is your life. Have you seen this? I come from South Africa and, and I remember as a young boy, we were living on the farm, uh, not a farm boy, in a small town next to farms. And I used to get on my push bike and go out. And there were some black kids there that I played with as a young boy. It was really fun to go and play. I've had a lot of black friends in my life. Yes, you say you're from South Africa, racist. No, I was not. I actually went and played with these little black children who were similar to me. We were all the same. You see, when you were young, you don't see color. So, but one thing that I could remember there as we sat around, and the South Africans will know this word, around a pot of pap, That's food, Okay. It's food. It's like maize food. As we sat around there, no forks and knives. You just put your hands and you eat with. Everybody eats the same. And, you know, what about diseases in terms of, wow, whatever? Here I'm standing. You know, we're still alive. But anyway, one thing that, that I, when I read this, when we went to their place or their little places where they, they it's all grasslands, but where they walk every day, there's a footpath. The grassland, and everybody walks in there. This is what that is. And how do you apply it to your life? This is your everyday life. Tomorrow morning you're going to wake up. You're going to do the same things over. This is what He says. The Word of God needs to be a light on that path. You're going to go to work at your workplace. Let the Word of God be a light in your workplace. Whomever you go to, this is the light. It's shining. Now Let listen to me. This is not people who come and say, I want prophetic word of... Lord, what's going to happen to me two months from now, and now I'm getting a prophetic, you know, fortune teller coming to tell me? This is not fortune telling. But this is giving you direction. Direction. So how, how are Christians to walk then? If he talks about a path that we need to walk, how are we to walk? I just want to show, share four with you. We need to walk worthy of our calling. This is what the Bible will give you light to, Yes. How do we work worthy to our calling, Lord? Show me. Ephesians chapter four, verse one, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of your calling, of the calling with which you were called. Can can everybody in this church who were called please put up their hands? Everybody should put up their hands if you're a born-again child of God. Because when you were saved by the grace of God, you were called. You were called. God has got a purpose for you. I said it to you so many times in this church. This ain't my show. (laughs) I'm not here to do a show. I'm not here to build. The Lord can remove me tomorrow. You need to go continue on to work on the salvation that God has given you. He's called each one in this place. But I will never become a pastor and a preacher. Maybe that's not what He called you, but He did call you. Maybe He called you to take that glass of water to your neighbor. Maybe He called you to reach out. Maybe He called you to go and move boxes or anything. But you've got a calling. You better believe it. Now here is the first thing. We need to walk worthy of our calling. If you stand before Christ at the beamer seat at the end of time, and you look Him in His eyes, and He's going to say to you, what have you done with your calling that I called you with? Have you got an answer? Have you? Have you? My brothers is going out in the streets. Oh Lord, but I haven't got the courage to do that. But you've got the courage to have just maybe stand with a track and give it to you. You don't have to say a word, am I right? You don't have to say a word. You just give them. Let, let the Holy Spirit do the work. I'm, I'm not canvassing for street work here. I'm talking about your everyday life. Are you walk, walking worthy of your calling? How do I walk worthy of my calling? Look, I haven't got a lot of time to preach for four hours on that, but I can preach your whole sermon. In fact, if you go online, there is a sermon about that. But if, if you want to walk worthy of your calling, start here. Start here. every. Delight yourself in the Word of God. Say, Lord, I want to start walk worthy. But start reading. The Lord will speak to you. He will. Secondly, how are Christians ought to walk? We need to walk in uprightness. Yes? Isaiah chapter 57, verse 2, He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. I want to ask you this morning, if you stand before the beamer seed of Christ and He asks you, did you walk in uprightness? Remember, He knows the answer. You can't fool Him. Oh, but Jesus, you don't know what those people have done. No, no, no. Put that all aside. He knows the answer. Have you walked in uprightness before Him? Friend, before the time is gone, start walking in uprightness. Walk in the light. 1 John chapter 7, verse 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as He's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us. Walk in the light. Are you walking in the light? Every day? In the light. Because in the light there is no darkness. The Bible says this is the character of God that in Him is light and there's no darkness at all. Why do you still have gray then in your life? There's no place for grayness. Walk in the light. Walk humbly. Micah 6 verse 8. He who has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? But, everybody say but. To do justly To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. My sister said it here. You know, that is a very, very powerful prayer. I was going to say dangerous, but it's not. And it is in a way. If you start asking Lord and say, make me humble, be ready. Be ready. But I want you to count the cost before you pray that prayer. Don't be afraid now. Be, be encouraged, but if you ask the Lord to humble you, be ready for change. <laughs> be ready for change. And this is what he says. Now, He you know, says, the word of the Lord is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And this is the light to the path. If you want to walk your life, there's only four I could have gone on the whole afternoon and give you many ways that you need to walk in. We need to follow Christ in His footsteps. Now, how does all of this work? How does the light of God work? Let's finish with that this morning. First of all, it, the, word of, uh, the word is a light that shines from above. This is the light I'm seeking for. Yes? One, John chapter one verse five, he says, "This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is what? God is light." Now listen to me, brothers and sisters, He is the origin of light. He is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. So if we say, um, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, we we understand where this light comes from. The light comes from the Father because He is light. Don't try to seek for any other lamps or little flashes come to the true light, which is Him. I read you that Scripture verse in in John chapter 1. He says in verse 4, And in Him was life and that life was the light to all men that light comes from god i want you to go and look into your life and see what are the streams of light you can identify in your life because they are not light the true light is him so this is the light that comes from me you see the word is light that shines within so we see now the light comes from god it is god who shines upon us but now that light shines within us. 1 Corinthians 4.3 But even if our gospel is veiled, Paul writes, it is veiled to those who are perishing. And I feel so sorry for them. I have pity for them. And my prayer is, Lord, reach them before they die. Because they're in for an internal hell without God. We need to say it as it is. You know, these days it is no longer that. People want to put sicknesses on that. The only sickness here is sin. And the only pull that's going to help you is the gospel. And here it is. He says to them the gospel is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe. Lest, what? Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You know, the reason why you and I sit here this morning is just by His grace. Why? Because His light was shining. I showed you where the light is coming from. It's coming from God, and He shined on them. He sh- Did He shine on you once? Come on, show me. Did He shine on you? Thank you, Lord. It shined on them, the Bible says. For we do not preach ourselves, like I see so many people do these days, but Christ Jesus, the Lord. His name is so wonderful. And ourselves, your bond servants, for this Jesus' sake, for it is God who commanded light to shine. Who commanded it? God. Out of darkness. Who has shone in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. How important is it to delight yourself in the Word of God? Can you see it now? Are you going to do it? That's the question. That's the question. You can see it, but if you don't do it, it means nothing. He says here, it shone into our hearts. Thank you, Father, for shining into our hearts. You know what happens when the light shines into your darkened heart? The cockroaches runs. <laughs> We've had a steakhouse in South Africa. I think some of you heard me say this before. And you know what happens in a steakhouse? You can be as thin as you want to. But these little gritters, these cockroaches, they come for the heat and they come for the darkness. And you find them when you move away the fridge. And So many times if I open up there in the morning, I come in and I open up the front door during the night. The place was, you know, locked in darkness. And I open up the door, they just run. Where are they running to? They run for the darkness. The light comes in, the cockroaches run. Then once a year when we go on leave, on holiday, I take these bombs. It's not a real bomb, it's a gas bomb. A few of them and you put them in, close the door, and you're gone for two weeks. When you come back, there's lots of them. Let the gospel of Christ come and shine the light into your heart, and it will kill the cockroaches, the sin. Let's finish this morning. How does the light work? The light comes first of all from God. That's the light I'm seeking for. Don't be, don't be confused. Don't be deceived these days. There's many people. The Bible says that many people will come and say, They the Christ, or come to the wilderness. This is we No, no, don't look for other lights, torch lights, flashlights. Look for the true light. It comes from God and then it shines into your hearts. That's what the Bible says. And then the Word is light that shines around us. You remember when I said the Lamb shines around your feet? It shines around us so that we can see our surroundings. Ephesians 5 verse 8, For you were once in darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. Walk as children. What does it do? Whenever I read the Word of God, it it identifies things in my life that needs to be set right with Him. With Him. You sin against God, not man. Oh yes, but you do people in when you do that sin, then you need to do restitution. That's also part of the Bible. You need to go and fix. And sometimes you can't fix because they don't want to fix, but then you leave your peace. And if they don't want your peace, then you dust off your shoes. A, you see, the Bible's got the answers right through. Right through. The word of, is a light that shines ahead. That's our scripture. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Have you ever thought that that single scripture verse can mean so much? And here we sit as the privilege in the New Testament saints that when the psalmist wrote this, he didn't have what you hear today. He could only see like in a mirror. But we see a little bit further, but still are looking into a mirror. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 19. He says it right there. He says, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Where do you find the prophetic word these days? Not self-proclaimed prophet, prof, prof, uh, 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 prophets these days. You find so many of them. You can just go on YouTube. Prophet so and so. Prophet so and so. Pro. No, no. I've got the prophetic word. I've got it here. It's written. Selah. And this is what Peter says. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Why do people neglect it then? Oh, they're going to get this prophet coming down to Melbourne and they're going to pack out a stadium. Oh, I better go. I better go. Maybe God has got a word for me. You know, somebody who says that, you've got a problem with your spiritual walk. I talk to him every morning and he talked to me every morning. I don't have to go to a stadium to get a special word from God. He's special with me every single day. Come on, can you give the Lord a shout for that, amen? Come on, give the Lord a shout for that. Is He special with you every day? He will only become special with you every day if you delight yourself in the Word and meditate on the Word day and night. And listen to me, you're going to need it more and more as we continue in this walk. They're already talking about bringing masks back. They're already talking about giving strengthened flu and vaccines. They're already talking about this stuff. I don't want to fear you guys. I don't want to fear you. I. I, I the lord maybe in the next two weeks next sunday and the sunday after i want to spend some time on the holy spirit because somebody say you spend so much time on the word what about the holy spirit yes absolutely and the next two sundays we may spend time on the holy spirit and then after that i want to i want to preach a little bit about prophetic application what's happening in jerusalem okay and maybe three or four weeks from now but but listen to me listen to me today we need, to, we need to have the word today stronger and more. Why? Because people is going to come after you and they're going to take you on all of these little side trips and roads and try to get you off. If they can only get you off one centimeter or one millimeter, the end is vast. And this is why you need to be like a Berean these days and know God's word and know the God of the word. This is why I'm so serious about these messages in Psalm. The whole Psalm 119 is about the word. He says, "This prophetic word is confirmed, which you do well to heat." You see? Peter, thank you. I think if Peter could stand here this morning, he would look you in the eyes, each one to make eye contact, and says, "You will do well when you heat this prophetic word, as what? As a light that shines in a dark place." Until the day dawns and the morning star rises, star rises. Now, let me just give you three quick examples. I took the Gideon's Bible again. And uh, as you know, we've got Gideon's Bibles. And if you haven't got, we've got some at the back. I want to give you more out. The Gideon's Bible is to give away to people. And I just want to show you as, as, as an example, you know, practical. Practical. You maybe can tell me what these ones talk about. Proverbs 19, verse 11. The direction of a man makes. Let me put on my glasses. The direction, the the, the discretion. (laughs) I was just checking if you were all reading it, (laughs) I was just testing you. Proverbs 19:11. the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. Just, just use that verse because I want you just to, to picture this. The word says, the word is a lamp unto my feet. It shines around in my life. Maybe you're a person who gets angry really, really quickly and so on. And here the word comes and he speaks to you. It shines a light on that anger in your life. And you, you wake up in the morning, you read the scripture verse, and you say, Lord, what does it mean? So, what does this mean? What, what is the light shining on in this verse in your life? Who knows? Sin? He shines on your anger. He sees it right there. He sees the anger, he sees the discretion of a man. Makes him slow to anger. Anger is the problem here. If anger is a problem in your life, use the light of the Word. The Word, if you read that, will shine it out. And the Scripture will stand up and you will know He's talking to you. The word here for discretion is the word intelligence. That's the word there, the meaning. You know, we've got English. But you need to go to the original translations. The intelligence of a man makes him slow to anger. That changes things, is not it? These people are quickly losing their anger. And you think, wait a minute, are you intelligent or what? It's so, it's so beautiful once you start opening up. You see, the world see, see this as a weakness or a lack of courage if you are not getting angry as well. But the, the light of the Word says it is different. He says it shows your intelligence if you don't anger so quickly. One more, Psalm 46, verse 1. God is a refuge and a strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will fear. We will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. What is the light shining on here? Anxiety and fear. Maybe you're a person who's got anxiety in your lives and fear. Maybe that is you. And if you read the script, I, I just want to show you a few practical ways. Okay, is that okay? I was gonna do it anyway, brother. <laughs> he took the word so right out of my mouth. <laughs> and here it is. I mean this shows if you're a fearful person and anxious and, and look, brothers and sisters, we all it happens to all, it happens to me. Sometimes things happen in your life and you know you sit there and you go, What's gonna happen? Anxiety. Now you come to the this is what it proves. The the word of God is a lamp. Now I'm reading the scripture verse and I'm sitting and I'm talking to the Lord and I say, Father, I'm I'm anxious. And He speak to me through this. He says, my child, don't worry. I am your refuge and your strength. He shined on me. The anxiety is now clear. It's that little cockroach in my life that's taking my joy away because I'm becoming so anxious. And now God says, I'm talking to you today, child. I'm looking at... I'm not interested in your family. I'm not interested in the church. Here we are. You and me. You and me and I am talking to you as a living God because I'm telling you in your anxious moment and for the fear of the future, I am your refuge. Run unto me and I will give you the strength. He says he's a very present in the time of trouble and he don't want you to fear. Now this is what I get out of the scripture verse which excites me so much. He says even though the earth be moved, have you lately looked at this earth? What can move this earth? I'm not just talking about an earthquake, I'm talking about the whole earth. It will take a massive, massive power to move this earth. Would you agree with me? He says, even if this earth move, I am your refuge. Somebody needs to hear that today, I know that. Somebody online, somebody needs to hear me clear today. I don't know what's happening in your life, but he says, I am your run unto me. And then he says, even though the mountains be carried into the midst, have you ever seen this? Can somebody just dial up a documentary somewhere where a mountain was carried into the sea? Can somebody, have you seen that? If that hasn't happened, the things that you fear so much over your life will not happen under his watch. Let me say one more and I'll leave my peace. I was going to do it anyway, brother. What is the light shining on here? You see, we always preach and we always read the Word but nobody can bring to you the practical side of things. And I'm not saying I'm that person. Don't, don't read it wrong. Just let the Holy Spirit work with your heart right now. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 6 And this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while. Everybody say little while. But you see, we can't see that when we sit in our travels, can we? If we need be, you have been grieved various trials That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to be praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What is the light shining on here? On your faith. The light is here shining on your faith. Maybe your faith is weak. It's no shame if you've got weak faith. People cried it out in the Bible. Just be honest to God. Say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I know there's people who's going to straight away jump at me and say, Oh, but, you know, uh, uh, weak faith is a sin. Jesus, I know that. But what do you do when you are in that weak faith? You need a light. And this is the light I'm talking about. He says the genuineness of your faith... Is much more precious than gold and it's tested by fire. So, brothers and sisters, this morning as we depart from each other, let's walk from darkness to light. I said to you before that great light did come into this world and He's living in you and my heart. The Bible says, This light, we are the light to the world now. I said to Leonie, you know, whatever thing come our way, we need to walk in faith so that other people can see that faith. I preached twice, three times over the last few weekends. I said, people are not always going to listen what you say. They're going to listen what you do. You're going to stand before the master one day, and he's going to say, good and faithful servant, well done, it's what you do. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Uh, Father, personally, I want to confess in front of all of these people, it, it's, it's a strength in my life, Lord. As I'm standing here this morning, I can do nothing without you, Lord. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. And Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit who quickens the word in your hearts. The Holy Spirit who's our teacher, Father, but he gives us our word. And Father, help me, help these people, help somebody who listened today, Father, to come to you in a time of trouble. And not only in a time of trouble, but in good times. And, and Father, delight ourselves in Your Word. I pray this in Jesus' name and I thank You for that. Amen.